this is going to be Northwest Arkansas Investing Podcast, episode 19. We're coming to you on a different platform than usual. This is a Riverside FM. This is going to allow us to come to you guys with more audio, more video, um, and more often because uh, getting together three guys that are really busy is hard sometimes. And so this is going to allow us to hopefully put more content out there into the world. So we hope you guys enjoy. This is kind of our first little test run. It should be good. Everyone has uh, good audio quality. So we'll eventually start bringing video as well. I'm going to start today with uh, our sponsors and then we have a guest in from New Jersey. So I will start with our first sponsor is going to be Richard Latham. Uh, he is somebody that I have done deals with personally and he ha does a very good job for me. He's super responsive. Um, he always communicates well with my clients. He's been uh, a plus throughout transactions. Um, I'm really thankful for him and I's business. Uh, he's even got a good golf swing on him, so that's a plus. You got your lender has to have a good golf swing on him. Um, he's been just top notch through this process. I'm gonna get you guys his number here. His number is gonna be four one seven four eight three one four. Richard's a broker, so he gets the shop rates um, and find the best deals for the clients. He is always available. Um, midnight, probably one o'clock, you start getting iffy, but um, he's answered some late night questions for me. He's done a really good job. Um, he can do things that not a lot of people can do, so he's a great contact in the lending world. Sticking with the lending topic, we have our second sponsor for this show. We're getting big time now. we got two sponsors. It's going to be Tim Bishop. So Tim Bishop is an out-of-the-box uh, type of lending. He's going to be hard money lending. Uh, this is something we don't have a lot of in Northwest Arkansas. Uh, he can get creative with things. Uh, out, outside of the typical lending box. I don't think there's a ton of hard money in Northwest Arkansas yet, and so he's kind of got a monopoly right now. Um, he is really for fix and flip or burr funding, which is buy, uh, rehab, uh, reinvest, refinance, reinvest. I believe those are the, the acronyms there. Uh, he's going to be, he has 100% funding. I'm going to be reading from this a little bit. So he's got 100% funding included including renovations and purchase, no down payment required, no experience required, first timers are welcome, fast closings available in seven to 10 days, huge, that's huge there. Um, you can contact Tim Bishop at 479-343-9049. Uh, he serves in Northwest Arkansas, the Fort Smith Metro and Little Rock Metro. That is going to be huge, especially for the Fort Smith and uh, Little Rock areas, even Northwest Arkansas, to have somebody that can get you funding like that. Of course, on funding like that, your interest rate is going to be a little higher, but uh, when you're a tough pinch or need somebody creative, I love people that can get creative in this business, and Tim's one of those guys. So with no further ado, thank you for listening to our sponsors. We have Dean, Dean Ryder coming in from New Jersey. Dean and I met via um, the Millennial Way through Facebook. And he's a, uh, it was kind of just really a happenstance meeting. Um, 
that he, he ended up, I, I really like him. I can tell pretty quick when I like somebody and he's a young guy, he's investing like uh, Isaac and Brandon and I are. And uh, Dean, if you want to give us just a quick synopsis or overview of uh, your portfolio, a little bit about who you are, uh, where you come from, that would be great. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for the introduction, Zach. So my name is Dean Ryder. I've been investing for about four years. I started out in my home state, New Jersey. I actually I house hacked a condo uh, that I just sold yesterday, uh, officially closed. Congrats. Uh, thank you. Thank you. And then I quickly moved on to uh, multifamily. I bought a couple duplexes in, uh, in New Jersey and then realized that, you know, there's a whole nother world in real estate investing outside of New Jersey. So I started looking for deals uh, outside of the state. So my next couple deals were in Florida, Georgia, and most recently in South Carolina. And I'm currently on the hunt for my next property. So that, I've done a- You yeah. keep going, you keep going. Yeah, so I've, you know, I've done a little bit of, um, you know, a little, little bit of both. Short, um, short distance investing and long distance investing. And uh, it's been a great ride so far. It's been four years. Yeah, Dean's the type of personality. Um, I know Brandon and Isaac haven't met Dean yet, but he's he's very much like us. If he was here, he'd probably uh, come into all these with us in person and just be right on board, Got maybe even take the place of we, Dean. We had a, originally a Josh Williams, who is also a local investor here around our age. So we think you'd fit right in with the crew. That's why it was a no-brainer to have you on. Um, Dean, so audience, we're going to go over a few topics here that I think are pretty broad, but we can expand upon. And I think one of the biggest ones here that we're going to talk about is why Northwest Arkansas, especially from an out-of-state investor's view, you know, you get to hear us talk about we're representing these out-of-state clients, but I think it's going to give you a good insight to the viewpoint of somebody out of state and why they're choosing Northwest Arkansas over um, anywhere else in the world, why their towns locally or um, these big metro areas and and why Northwest Arkansas. I think that's going to be a huge um, benefit for you audience to listen to, um, to be, to have that sort of input. So um, we're going to Go ahead, Dean, and let's just start breaking down for you. Why did why did you choose Northwest Arkansas out of all the other places in the world, um, I guess world country, um, and some key factors that, that led you to find this market? Yeah, so whenever I'm looking at an area to potentially invest in, I'm looking at a couple of, um, of data points that you know really drive my decision and a couple of things to me. You know, with Northwest Arkansas, you know, obviously you have a couple of Fortune 500 companies, including Walmart there, so you know the job market's going to be strong. When you look at the population, the population has been growing year over year for the past couple of years. That's a very, very good indicator. You know, future appreciation of a market. Yeah. And then... I also look at things that are a little bit outside of the box, but are just as important. Uh, low crime, you know, you, you also want to look at, you know, is the area tenant friendly or is it landlord friendly? And uh, Northwest Arkansas is right in the middle. It's, it's super fair. So I think that's, you know, another great reason why to you know, look at Northwest Arkansas. Yeah. 
I think I think uh, something that Northwest Arkansas and Arkansas as a whole has over the rest of the country is we are technically actually the most fr- friendly landlord state in the nation. We're the last state that hasn't signed on to some tenant landlord relationship act that technically qualifies us as the most friendly. So uh, not that we can just kick our tenants out whenever, but it, it's nice to say to investors that we're the most friendly. Yeah. Hey, um, am I coming through on here? Yes, you are. You're good, Isaac. Yeah, awesome. Hey, Dean, question. How much does it factor into you um, how close like a Chick-fil-A is nearby what you're buying? <laughs> That's a great question. Chick-fil-A is, uh, is pretty awesome. So, yeah. yeah. You know, you know, I, I definitely, I definitely look to see what corporations, um, you know, are moving into the area. Not, not headquartered, but sure. You know, opening up stores in the area. You know, if if companies like Target, Chick Fil A, uh, Walmart, Starbucks are opening up in the area, yeah. you know that, you know, that, you know, people are are going to be in the, um, you know, be in the housing market. It, it's pretty great uh, just being in Northern Arkansas and kind of growing up here and knowing the ins and outs of how it runs um, because so many businesses are trying to move here. We were actually supposed to get a Costco and uh, magically that went away the other day. Apparently, Yeah, apparently it got canceled. So Walmart broke wow. out a little bit. <laughs> can't, 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 can't win them all. You can't. Yeah, you what can't. a lot of... What a, what um what I'd like to add is not a lot of people realize that you know these Fortune 500 organizations they have dedicated teams that are researching um, you know areas to open up new stores you know five ten years in advance so they do just as much research as you know an investor like one of us would uh, before they decide to plant roots. Yep, that's exactly right. I know. With listening to Bigger Pockets, there's a few guys on there that'll come on. There's been multiple that that I listen to on interviews, and one of their key buy box factors is if a Whole Foods is moving into the area, they're going to buy real estate around that Whole Foods because Whole Foods has such an in-depth due diligence process that they're not going to put something in a place that doesn't belong. And so whenever they see a Whole Foods going into a market, they're like, there's our next deal. So, I mean, it could, your buy box could be simple, as simple as following Whole Foods around. Or I, you met, that was great that you mentioned that, Dean. You know, you start seeing these big production, you know, big, huge companies move in the area. You know, that's a key factor for, I mean, there's been hints for years that we're going to get a cheesecake factory. I'm praying <laughs> to God that happens. Oh, man, I, there goes my whole, every penny I make to the cheesecake factory right there. So that's a great point. I'm in a, yeah, I'm I mean, in a pretty good debt to the new Texas Roadhouse we got a couple of years ago, so I feel you. <laughs> yeah, Dean. On, on top of some, uh, on top of some of those other things, as you look at, you know, moving out of, you said you're in Florida and looking at Georgia and different things like that. Um, how does the factor of, you know, unemployment rate or the medium home price in the area take into how much of that do you take into account as well? I know some of the data that you mentioned that you're looking at, but you know, Northwest Arkansas is well under the unemployment rate of the the rest of the country. I think I was looking at it this morning, May 23 in the United States is about 3.7% unemployment rate, while Northwest Arkansas is about a 1.9%. And then you look at median home price for the last month, 
comparatively to the U.S. in Northwest Arkansas, you're looking at like 416,000 for the for the United States and 359k for Fayetteville specifically. So, what I mean, right. what other metrics are are you looking at? You know, besides corporations, obviously, um, you know, new developments. Is there anything else that you're taking into account as you look elsewhere? Yeah, yeah, I'm considering all those factors, right? Especially with where the economy is right now, and you know, there's there's a lot of question marks. You know, to if you are actively looking to make an investment property, you have to be looking at unemployment rates, you know, median price of a, of a new home, and those are all very very strong indicators that. Northwest Arkansas is on its way up. Yeah, I think, um, Dean, what is, do you take into account, like when you're looking at Northwest Arkansas, are you looking at, let's say the University of Arkansas and are you going, hey, that's that's another positive thing for me or does is that negative or is, are you neutral about the University of Arkansas being here as well? Yeah, I'm I'm pretty neutral about that. I think it could only be a, a positive. Um, for me, what what I really like about Northwest Arkansas is you know large builders like Dr. Hortons out there. Yeah. That gives me confidence as a mom and pop investor to say, okay, something's going on here. They're obviously doing a lot of research, so that just gives you you know another. Um, you know, another reason to be confident about investing in the area. I know you and I were talking about even last night that I bet Dr. Horton before they came into this area probably spent ten or fifteen years researching the market and doing their due diligence on this market because they're not going to purchase uh, Riggins Homes for a hundred million dollars unless they're without a doubt confident in the economy and the projectability of this market. So our listeners, you can be confident in knowing that. I mean, if I'm listening to this podcast, I'm going, you know, why, you know, maybe there's something better out there, like a better area. Um, and what you're hearing from out-of-state investors and us is that there's so much projectability. There's so many big companies coming in here, like investing in your own backyard is a positive thing. And just because it's your home base doesn't mean like you're, you're doing the wrong thing. So, um, a lot of Dean, a lot of our clientele are not clientele, our listeners are local. And so uh, if I'm listening to this, I'm going, okay, it's great to hear an out of state perspective. You know, if I if I'm not as educated in the real estate realm, I'm going, well, should I take a peek across the rest of the country? And I would say yes, take that peek across the rest of the country. And I think what you'll see is that your own backyard is probably one of the better spots to invest in the country. Uh, Isaac and Brandon, would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah, Dean. What, yeah. Are the, what are what are some of those challenges that 
you faced as a out-of-state investor and, and how do you set yourself up to, to make it where I assume it's more passive than anything? Yeah, I think Isaac just hit on it and, and I can certainly add to it. It's well, one of the biggest challenges is, is not being there, you know, every day and, and not seeing what's going on because areas do change. They can get better, they can get worse, they can stay the same. You know, you really don't know what's going on unless you have boots on the ground. So one of the biggest challenges I've had, um, and I bought in three or four different markets at this point, is is getting boots on the ground that I have confidence um, in them telling me what's actually going on and, and not only the, the positive things. Because there's positive things going on, and at the same time, there can be negative things going on. You want to catch both. Yeah, you got it. You got to make sure that, you know, if I'm in your shoes, I'm going who's lying to me and who's trying to just get a paycheck um, on my on my dime and get me into this property. That's maybe, you know, I would rank on a four out of 10. But they're like, hey, I want to Dean's hot on this market. I'm going to tell him all the positive things and let's get him in this and on to the next person. Look at my check and run. And so as an out of state investor like yourself, Dean, I would you know, one of those key factors I would be looking for. And I guess I can kind of call myself an out-of-state investor now. I'm, I'm purchasing a property in Tulsa. Um, is I'm making sure whoever's on the ground there that they know what they're talking about, one, which, Dean, you can kind of do, you basically kind of do that through just having a conversation with somebody. Um, you can you can tell if they're faking or if they're real by just throwing out some terms and if they were the types of responses they give is is that kind of what you're when you're talking to an out-of-state realtor or people on the ground can you get a pretty good feel or pretty quick on if they know what they're talking about or not yeah definitely it's just a gut feeling and um i rely on that a lot when it comes to who i choose to work with and then i obviously also want to see you know a, a track record of success in the industry you know, not a lot of people make it in this industry. So the ones that do, um, you know, nine times out of 10, maybe even more, um, you know, they do right by their, their clientele. Yeah. I mean, our, our jobs, Brandon and Isaac and I are all real estate agents and our jobs work if we advise you correctly and you go, hey, let's, that one went really well and I'm happy with that. Let's do another, you know, so a smart agent, a smart agent's going to advise you correctly and something they would advise your friends to do. And a one that's just trying to grab a check is going to throw you in something and say deuces. Yep. Great question. Yeah, that's that that really is a great question. So it's 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 a tough call for me personally because I have looked at deals that were more appreciation heavy um, over cash flow in the past, but with the uh, interest rates going up as fast as they did, and there's no timetable for them to come back down, I am looking for. Um, I am looking for cash flow because you're paying more for the debt 
I don't want to be um, on the hook for something month over month that's just bleeding money. Mm-hmm. So I think it's it's really a balance for me, uh, but it has to cash flow in, in order for me to consider it because you, you don't want to own something that's costing you money. It's That's not an asset. That's a liability. Yeah. That, that's, yeah exactly, that's exactly right. Brandon? Dean, how are you, how are you finding cash flow? I think that's a, a big topic of discussion for us right now and for listeners as well as are, are you are you out farming for deals are you um, potentially putting more down on a property to make it cash flow um, do you have you know maybe some creative finance that you've done in the past as well I mean what's it what's it looking like for you these days to try to find a cash or a property that cash flows yeah, I think you have to get more creative. I haven't really gotten creative in the past. I've always put 25% down uh, and then got a, a regular bank loan. But that uh, most of my deals occurred over the past two or three years where interest rates were you know, a fraction of what they are today. So how I've shifted my, my strategy when I'm looking for deals is I'm looking in markets where uh, you know, the median price of the home is less than the national average and the rents are still competitive. So, you know, I, I'm not spending too much time looking for investments in states like New York and New Jersey where the property values are high. Um, you know, I'm, I'm looking in other markets that have homes that are, you know, less than prices of New York, which is obviously pretty broad, Easy. but still yeah. have strong rental incomes. No, absolutely. And I think I think when you have the ability, you know, financially to to put twenty to twenty five percent down, a lot of times you're gonna give yourself more opportunities than the next guy. So for mm-hmm. you know, some investors out there, I mean, even kind of thinking about the deal that my wife and I are working on right now is you know, we're gonna put, you know, five percent down on the deal rather than a fifteen, twenty percent down and we're gonna move into it and live in it for a year and used to you'd be able to, to do that. And then in a year from now, go buy the next property and rent the current property that you bought uh, and make a little bit of cash flow. And so that's that's just not the case anymore. And so, um, you know, being able to to uh, use debt wisely, put 15, 20, 25 percent down on a property, I think you really give yourself a lot of opportunity there to open up your your buy box a little bit. Yeah, I think I think Isaac touched on this maybe a few episodes back, but he was. I feel like it was Isaac that said, yeah, you can make anything cash flow. You just put 65% down on it. That thing's going right. to, your cash on cash return is going to be terrible. <laughs> that's exactly, just buy everything for cash and everything's cash flow. And that's right. That's exactly right. right. Um, yeah. You know, I the, think we all get into real estate to, to mitigate risk and have more control. Cause listen, like there are other, investment opportunities out there besides real estate but really the beauty of of it is the amount of control you have uh you know when it comes to picking the property and the location that you want um you know you you could set yourself up for i don't want to call it an automatic w but you know as close to an automatic win as possible yep that's exactly what I was about to say is, Dean, do you feel like with Northwest Arkansas that you could almost buy a Cracker Jack box on the side of the road and you're going to end up, if you hold it for 10 years, fine? Is that your is that your feeling or do you feel like you have to be able... I mean, of course, 
we have to be more calculated than that. But do you have this over overwhelming sense of Arkansas's, I hate to say going to the moon like crypto, but um, <laughs> you have this overwhelming sense of, hey, if I'm going to buy and hold for over five years, 10 years, like I'm going to end up at least okay or better or good. Yeah, I mean, all the, you know, all, all the data points I've seen tell me that there's only one way this elevator is going in Northwest Arkansas, and it's it's going up. It's not going down. Right. What was Brandon? Yeah, Brandon. Yeah, I was I was gonna I was just gonna mention that I was having that conversation yesterday with a guy that uh, he's got the money. He's he wants to invest, but isn't sure if he should wait on interest rates to come down. And you know, my thought now, even and Isaac and Zach and Dean, you guys can can pop in here, but. And I just don't know if there's going to be a cheaper time to buy real estate in Northwest Arkansas, even with the, the interest rates continuing to, to go up a little bit, especially in the last month. Um, you know, I just I just don't know if there's going to be a cheaper time, unfortunately. So, you know, fortunately and unfortunately. Yeah, I think that's a that's a great point, Brandon, is, you know, what's the if Northwest Arkansas does fall, like, let's say we do go into a recession, what's the what do we fall to? I mean, do we fall to 2021 prices and then we go straight back up from there? And here's here's another question is if we do fall, you know, if the market becomes, quote unquote, better for an investor to invest in, then we're going to be flooded with people with a bunch of cash that that make it even harder to buy um real estate here so i think it's like it is it is now the the best time to buy and i think i i don't know like it's just it's something i battle with every night when i'm going to sleep is it like is real estate ever going to get cheaper here and i think that's a that's a great question to to ponder upon i don't know if we'll ever see below like 160 170 a square foot ever here again so if you can buy something for that buy it um, and you're going to end up better for it. So, um, yeah, Dean, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I'm looking at the interest rates all the time, and I actually think it's a great time to be an investor and being in, in a position to, uh, you know, to add to your portfolio. And one of the reasons I strongly believe that is because, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of folks out there, you know, it could be even a first-time home buyer doesn't even have to be an investor. They're on the sidelines right now because they don't like the high interest rate and understandably so. It, that's the, um, you know, that's your monthly payment right there. So I think a lot of people are sitting on the sidelines due to the high interest rates and there's a lot less competition right now. So. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great point because right now there is a lot less competition and in a quote unquote more favorable market, like everyone's sitting around and waiting for this, 
ideal market to invest in like what are you expecting for price rates prices to drop and interest rates to drop like you got to kind of pick your poise i mean you're gonna you got to jump in and and do it at some point you can't just pray and hope for this back to three percent interest rate and prices drop because i got (laughs) 50 clients that are just like that i mean they're i'm like here's a good deal here's a good deal i mean i've been shooting them deals for two or three years now and that they're they're like oh man if it gets back to 2020 i'm like honestly I'm not your real, I can't be your realtor anymore because like <laughs> that, that quote right there, like just makes me want to shoot myself in the foot. So, uh, I think, I think, yeah, I think everybody's just waiting on that, that, you know, they want to compare it to 2008 and they're hoping for that to happen again. And although I was, let's see, I was, uh, 10 years old when, when 2008 happened. So the wee child, I'm pissed that I was in first grade and, and not buying houses, but, um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I, I think they, I think you can't compare it to that. I also think that you need, as a as an investor, as somebody looking at properties, um, I think being dialed into a, a great real estate agent like one of the three of us is uh, is key. And so you can understand, you know, supply and demand. You can understand what the data is saying and and uh, go off the data rather than go off going off of data. So. I think a, a big thing for an out-of-state investor to think about is, and Dean, you tell me if this is right or wrong, is if I'm buying property in another state, I'm going to be working with a realtor that is buying property around where they are. I want somebody that's experienced and is doing, they're doing what they're telling me to do. They're not just, they're not the football coach that's telling you to do a 500 pound squat, but they're 350 pounds overweight. You know, they're, they're the person that's talking the talk and they're walking the walk. They're saying, Hey, this, I would invest here. And look, I did invest here. Is that something you're looking for? 100%. Yeah. I love working with agents that are investors themselves. Not a lot of people know this, but that's not the case in the industry. Most agents investors so whenever i find one that's actively investing it definitely gives them a leg up yeah i mean i'd be you'd be surprised with the amount of real estate agents that are renters i'm like you have all this knowledge and you're going to pay a hundred percent interest on rent like it's insane so yeah it's it's almost like you don't believe in the product you're selling so i don't (laughs) know how you have success in that honestly that's exactly right I think it's a a big, you know, even audience listening as local investors or local, um, local potential buyers who want to be investors or you want to buy your first home, work with an agent that's preaching what they're, you know, they're preaching what they're actually doing. Uh, They want to be walking the walk and talking the talk. You want somebody that's, you know, tell if they're telling you to buy a $600,000 home, but they're renting and paying a thousand bucks a month, like should be raising your eyebrows at that point. Like hopefully you would have caught on before, but like, you know, if, if there's circum, there are always exceptions, you know, don't throw arrows at me audience, but um, you know, if they're renting and paying 1200 bucks a month on rent and telling you to get a $3,500 mortgage, like, I do some due diligence there. Get get with an agent that's going to say, "Hey, your mortgage is going to be 3500 here. I want you to turn this into a rental house uh, after you move out and rents here don't equal, you know, the rent cap on rents aren't going to get to 3500. So we need to get you in a mortgage around 2000, 2200 because I think minimum we could get that covered for you." Uh, and that that's the types of conversations you need to be having with your agents around here. Um, 
Dean, let's move on to, do you have any other points on that? Or do you want to move on to the next point of our conversation? No, I covered everything on my end. Okay. Let's talk, let's move into, um, Brandon, Isaac, and Dean, let's talk about, because we can all attest to this, um, how to wisely invest in your 20s. Um, I, I think a decent amount of our audience is 20 years old. Even if you're in your high teens or lower 30s, uh, I think this is great for you. Um, and even anybody can can take this into account is how do you wisely invest um, with your not and when the word invest comes to mind you automatically think money but it's more than just money it's your time it's any resource that you have available to you every breath that's in your lungs is uh, invested in something so Dean uh, do you want to start us off with how you invite uh, how you invest in your 20s and, and and things of that nature yeah definitely yeah, so I'm still in my 20s, barely. I'm 29, but I'm still here. Yeah. Um, and like most of us, I got a, a college degree, came out, started working immediately. And I knew from the day that I graduated, I did not want to rent. I wanted to buy. Um, and like most of us in that situation, you... Yeah, you're not in a position to do that immediately for whatever reason, whether you don't have the capital or you don't have two years of working experience to get a loan from a bank. So I knew yep. it was going to take me longer than I wanted to to at least get my uh, my first property. But I at least had a plan in place. Right. So I knew what I wanted to do. So I uh, got a job, started working and I was living at home for two years and um, finally had saved up you know, a decent amount of capital. And I was talking to my parents about, okay, like, where should I start looking? And my, my mother actually um, suggested that I look with my sister, who's, you know, a couple years um, younger than me. She's like, well, why don't you guys just buy a place together? And, uh, you know, if there's extra rooms, you guys can, can rent it out. So that's exactly what we did. We ended up buying a, a, a three-bed condo and we, we lived there for a couple years. It was actually the place we just sold. But now, long story short, I think it's just having a plan and, and being motivated to, um, you know, to, to reach your goal because it doesn't happen overnight, but you got to mm-hmm. stick to the, you got to stick to the plan and, you know, know, you know, where, where it's going to lead to or you know, what's going to be the outcome. Yeah, that's a huge point is what you just said is you had a plan. And so what I would suggest for our audience and those listening is have a plan. I mean, step one, the ABCs of life is have a plan. Uh, you have to know what direction you're going to be headed in. And so if you're listening and going, yeah, I want it to be real estate, you can't just look at yourself in the mirror every morning and say, I'm going to be a multi-million dollar investor. I'm going to be a multi-million dollar investor. You have to have a plan in place. Like, <laughs> of course right. you can say those things, but you got to put it into action. Like sit down with a financial advisor that understands real estate, sit down with a, a local realtor that understands real estate, start formulating a plan. And if you're, if you're a man listening to this uh, and you have a wife or a girlfriend or a spouse, you are even a, even a woman and you're listening to this and going, okay, I'm understanding all this. Cause this is a big point for me and my wife is okay. I'm the one. I, so it, for my life, I'm the one that had the plan. I had the, the ideas in place, all this. I was like, okay, real estate is the path. And so maybe you're listening right now and you're going, okay, this is the path I want to go on. 
there's a step two to that. And the step two is how to accurately and how to accurately like verbal verbalize this information that you have in your mind and get it out of your mind, like out of your mouth into this other person in, in a correct manner. And so what I had to do was I kept explaining this to my wife. I was like, in, investing real estate, investing real estate. She was like, I don't understand. And so what I had to do is I had to come back to my lab. I had to learn how to sharpen my sword of communication. And so I said, this isn't a Tory thing. This isn't my wife. This isn't my wife not understanding. This is me not being able to communicate this well enough. And so I had to go back and sit down and go, how do I communicate this well and understand this enough to communicate it? And so if you're listening and going, how do I get my spouse on board of this or, or somebody that's going to be on your team, a partner, a, a dad, an uncle, you know, you have to obtain this knowledge and then you have to be able to um, communicate it effectively. And so that's a huge second part of this is being able to communicate to those around you if you need others around you uh, how how to make this happen. Dean, would you say that rings true? 100%. Um, there's, there's strength in numbers. So, you know, the more people you could, um, you know, get on to your, to your plan, uh, the better. Mm. And you know, I wouldn't be in a in this position that I'm in without people around me who not only believed in me but the plan. Yeah, that that's I mean that is so true. I mean, I think all of us can can point to a few people in our lives that that pointed us in the, the right direction at some point or had some sort of input that helped or is even a partner uh, right now. For me, that's my that's my wife. I mean, she's she's helping steer this ship and she's even. I, I and so to the conclusion of that story, I, I did communicate it well, and she's so on board now that she is underwriting deals and bringing them to me and going, Zach, should we do this? And I'm like, I didn't even know you knew how to do this, but <laughs> um, so it, it's been really cool to see that evolution there. And Dean, I'm sure with your sister and mom, y'all have all you know started getting on the same page, and it, I bet it feels kind of like a, a team. Is that is that kind of am I seeing that correctly? Definitely, definitely. You know, we each have our own roles. My mother's actually a, a CPA. Uh, my sister helps Huge. out a tremendous amount too. So, yeah, uh, we all need each other to, you know, not only purchase these properties, but also operate them. I think that's something that's also, you know, lost in the real estate world is, you know, we get so excited about buying deals, but that's when the work begins. Um, and it's a lot easier when you have a team around you to facilitate um, or, or delegate roles and responsibilities. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, having a team around, it's tough going into battle um, in the real estate world just yourself. I mean, this, this home in Tulsa, my wife and I bought, I'm like, okay, this works on long-term rental, barely, but on a short-term rental, we could cash flow two, 3,000 bucks a month. But the big kicker there is I don't have time to manage a short-term rental, um, nor the mental capacity. So I said, hey, wife, Tori, could you do this? And she goes, oh, yeah, easy. And so that gave me the confidence to go forward with the purchase um, just because she I know she's amazing. She's going to get that done for us. And eventually I'd love for her that to be her full time job is just managing managing our portfolio. So to your point, right. Dean, yes, it takes it takes an army. Um, do you have any other points on how to wisely invest in your 20s? I think maybe maybe could you touch on yeah. like spending habits or uh, things to do <laughs> to do and not to do, you know, maybe don't don't go buy the. 
the new the new truck or even though yeah. I'm, I'm contradictory to that i buy new trucks way too much yeah <laughs> yeah don't we all i love cars myself yeah um i don't really like telling people what they should and, and shouldn't do with their money but you know i think um you know there are ways to to be smart especially if you're trying to uh, to, to advance your future, right? Like if you're willing to make the short-term sacrifice and, you know, put a extra couple hundred to a thousand bucks a month away to eventually invest in real estate, then you're going to have to, you know, not buy things you want or you like, like the nice car, clothes, going on a couple vacations a year. Uh, but it's all for your, your plan and, and your vision. So that, that, that's, that's exactly right. I think there's, you know, maybe cut the coffee, cut the two times a day coffee out and just make it a treat once or twice a week instead of the, the $10, you know, those, those things add up. I think something big, if you're in your twenties is, you know, create, create a spreadsheet and understand what you're going to, uh, be spending that money on. Uh, you, you, I think you'll be surprised at how much gas is if you add it up, how much your Starbucks runs are, how much, uh, you eat out. I mean, Tori and I, often run uh spreadsheets on what stuff is costing us and where we are on that and so sometimes we'll pull back sometimes we'll go hey let's go eat out two or three times this week because we did this and this and we want to celebrate i think it's important to spend your money and celebrate and give your brain that whatever it needs to go okay that was a good thing like let's go celebrate that um but not go overboard yep yeah, no, there's there's definitely a, a happy medium. You got to live life at the same time and, you know, enjoy yourself. You're not going to be motivated if you're miserable. So just like you That's said, you know, just, you know, celebrating when, you know, the, the time is right. But also, you know, knowing when you're in a period to, to sacrifice and save. That's exactly right. Hey, Dean, Brandon, Isaac, I know Brandon has to has a meeting here coming up at lunch. It's around lunchtime. We're recording this right now. You guys have any other points you want to make before we start wrapping this up? No, I think I think Dean, go ahead. I was going to say, Dean, thanks. Uh, thanks for hopping on with us. A lot of good uh, nuggets within here on, you know, what it looks like to invest outside of your local market. You know, I think some of the disciplines it takes to to invest as a young person. Um, so yeah, man, we we appreciate some of the things. Everybody, let's give a big round of applause to Brandon Still. He is full time, full time real uh-huh. estate now. He's got congratulations, man. Brandon. Yeah, he, uh, he quit the corporate job. That was a good thing for him that propelled us, that propelled him to do a lot of the things he needed to do, but. We are very happy over here for his full time into real estate. We know he's going to kill it. Appreciate it, man. Congratulations and best of luck, Brandon. Thanks, Dean. Ozzy? Yeah.
Yeah. That 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 was that was good. Hey guys, after so my audience listening, after you guys hang up on this, like stay on the call a little bit because it's gonna upload our audio and stuff. So just like stay on it for a bit. But Dean, thanks thanks for being with us. We really appreciate you being our first uh, our first uh, interview via this plat this platform. Uh, we hope the audio comes out good. We're just kind of we're winging it. We're just uh, doing stuff and hoping it hoping it works. So Dean, thanks for being with us. I appreciate you, man. Uh, when you come in, we'll all grab a beer or something. Yeah, absolutely. I'm honored to be the first uh, out-of-state guest. Yep. And yeah, I yep. really appreciate it, guys. Great interview. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening to episode 19. We will see you next week. Love you, guys. Love you, guys. Hey, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, guys. <laughs> <laughs>